Hey everyone, it's Matt Harmon from the Yahoo Fantasy Football Show. Are you sad there's no fantasy football going on right now? Yeah, me too. I've got good news for you though. It is fantasy baseball season right now. Join a public league, join an instant draft, or create a league with your buddies before opening day. It's Yahoo Fantasy Baseball time. Sign up for the 2024 fantasy baseball season at yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball or on the Yahoo Fantasy app. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. Today, I'm excited, as always, because I'm joined by my good buddy, Dalton Del Don. Dalton, how's it going, man? What, what What's up? What, how, how's your life uh, in this in this current moment? Uh, things are well, no complaints. I'm headed, I'm on vacation next week, headed to Las Vegas, going to play some futures bets, which I'm sure will be sprinkled in this pod. But I'm yeah, ready to talk some, some, some football and maybe it'll give me some ideas uh, when I head there. How about yourself, man? How's it going? How's married life? Married life is good. Uh, we actually had our first, um, nobody cares about this, and I'm just going to say it anyways. We had our, uh, well, not our first, but like my wife left to go hang out with her friends last night and left me alone. And I was like, I get to do whatever I, you know, this is the, you understand this because you're married, but maybe it's not as bad. But like when you're, you know, we, we, we hang out together all the time. We do everything together. We watch every show together. So there's certain shows that I want to watch that she doesn't want to watch. So last night she was gone with her friends uh, to watch um, to do like a wine night or whatever. I watched the first five episodes of that show, The Terminal List, with Chris Pratt and uh, Taylor Kitsch. Um, and I say this because the thing that's bothering me about it. I mean, I like the show. It was great. It was, it was totally a show she would have hated and never would have watched. I'm pissed, though, because I'm paying attention to it. It's a pretty in-depth show. You got to kind of pay attention. And I got I'm on the clock on the freaking Scott Fishbowl and I fat finger picked uh Robbie Anderson instead of Tyler Boyd on my phone. So, oh. pretty pissed about that. Yeah, I've not watched I've watched a lot of TV. I've not watched that. I have heard good things, so uh good to know you like it. But um yeah, that's that's rough. That that's that's frustrating that fat finger um fat finger pick. That's frustrating. Especially in the Scott Fishbowl cuz I'm like, dude, Scott's got enough going on. He doesn't need to be like you know, yeah. sometimes if it's yeah. a slow draft, you can be like, hey, buddy, I, I messed this pick up. Can we redo it? Like, I, I'm sorry, but it's the whole the Scott Fishbowl is a pretty big moving target. And I don't want to bother Scott Fish for like my 12th round Tyler Boyd pick anyways. Who cares? Like, I, I'm not going to win the Scott Fishbowl anyways, whether Robbie Anderson is a part of it or not. So it yeah, is but now when Chase or Higgins goes down and Boyd erupts for the top 15 fantasy wideout, you're going to be extra frustrated. I'm going to hope this becomes one of the many, many things in life that I forget about. Um, so I'm going to hope that this, that's what that I, I forget. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> hope forget I forget about on. this. Moment. Yeah, exactly. There we go. All right. Well, Dalton and I are not going to be talking about uh, the terminal list or shows we like to watch without our wives or Tyler Boyd or Robbie Anderson at all, because today we're going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. But first, we also are going to talk about the impact of wide receivers changing teams. The Eagles are obviously a great introduction to this because, uh, they got one of the many wide receivers to change teams, but um, let's save AJ Brown till the end, right? Before, like when we go into the Eagles discussion, but basically what we're going to do is we're going to go guy by guy, all these wide receivers to change teams and try to give like the best case scenario. And then like the, maybe not worst case scenario, but a bad case scenario for them uh, in this new team. Um, Dalton, how does that sound to you? Sounds good, man. Let's do it. There's a, some, some really intriguing names here. 
Yeah, and let's start off with the top. I mean, the best wide receiver in football changed teams uh, this year, and Allen Robinson is going to the Los Angeles. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Devontae Adams changes teams, goes from the Green Bay Packers to uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Best case scenario for Adams. Um, and I also want to tell me like where you fall closer in this range of outcomes between best case and worst case. So let's let's paint the best case scenario for Devontae Adams with the Raiders. Sure. I was going indoors. Uh, there's the college connection with Derek Carr, division full of shootouts. Uh, it's possible Josh McDaniels is good. I mean, it's second go around uh, trying this. So, um, yeah, he's, uh, again, indoors, the numbers he put up his senior year in Fresno State was uh, was were, were, were video game like. So, um, yeah, there's certainly a lot to like for, as you called him already, the game's best best receiver. And I think, too, a part of what could make this, you know, there's obviously concerns about there's a quarterback drop off. You know, that's that's a given, you know, Derek Carr's a good quarterback. He's not some bum, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. So there is an inherent, like an inarguable quarterback drop off. But one thing I have said about Adams, that could be good is that the, the pace of play there could be higher. Uh, the pass attempts could be greater for the Raiders than they would have been in green Bay. Now, my, like when I do my projections, it weighs pretty heavily on like the last three years of play caller data. So that doesn't make the Raiders look that great. Right. Because, you know, I've got them like 25th in pass attempts because the last three years, Josh McDaniels has been very run heavy with like the Cam Newton year, Mac Jones rookie year. But Dalton, if we see like the Raiders kind of go back to some of those Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels like offenses, that would be good for Devontae Adams overall volume, which would help offset some of the quarterback downgrade. No doubt. Yeah. So can I give you my my downside now? Because I'm yes. actually kind of pessimistic here so there is a quarterback downgrade as much as we like uh Derek Carr obviously Aaron Rodgers is inner circle hall of famer and the connection just the rapport they had he would just trust them you know just throw the football in the middle of the route type stuff but even more importantly for fantasy the goal line work I mean how many yeah. cheap touchdowns would Adams get around there just bunny passes right in front of him that were essentially rushes he's also com far more target competition now with Darren Waller uh, and Hunter Renfro, you may laugh at that, but the guy gets a ton of targets out of a slot. And McDaniels, it's a very important position as a slot. And Renfro is there. Um, Devontae Adams lined up in the slot 30% of the snaps last year with Green Bay. And he's, quote unquote, been almost exclusively lined up outside with Las Vegas so far. So that's not great. He was just paid. I mean, just paid a ton. Going to turn 30 this offseason. Switching teams. Before we even get started, I should have said this. A great uh, Elliot Chris tweet. Since 1992, quality receivers who have switched teams have seen a 20% reduction in fantasy performance. Now, maybe some of this is natural regression with good players signing contracts, but it is something. It's, it is something. Uh, Mick Lombardi is also the OC in the Raiders. I mean, I don't know how much confidence you have in Mike Lombardi's son, but I don't have a ton. So <laughs> after all saying all that, Devontae Adams is my wide receiver six, and I even have C.D. Lamb ahead of him. So for me, the downside outweighs the upside here. Yeah, uh, Mike Lombardi catching a stray here on the on the podcast. But um, no, I, I think that the Raiders are tough because we don't quite know how Josh McDaniels is going to call plays. That is certainly a concern. The one thing I will say about, obviously, like I've got Hunter Renfro projected for over 100 targets. I've got Darren Waller projected for over 100 targets. Like Adam's raw target totals are just not going to get up to where he was in Green Bay. I just don't think that is in in the cards here but they're they are one of these teams where the drop off from like their top three guys to the next highest targeted player i think could be extreme because like the other guys on this receiver depth chart keelan cole demarcus robinson you know Fair. even like yes th Good there's point. not 
they they could be very Bengals esque, where like the top three guys get a ton of looks, and then nobody else gets them. But yeah, I do agree though. I'm kind of a little more. I love Devontae Adams. I think he's no question the best receiver in football, but I agree with you. He is firmly in my second tier of receivers. I have wide receiver seven because I have Mike Evans and CD lamb over Devontae Adams. So I'm with, and they don't throw to their backs a ton, you know, Josh Jacobs. So I I see the upside there, but yes. Okay. Wow. Even further down than me. So I I like it. Yeah. Not that we hate the player. I mean, obviously, you know, worth the late, I mean, whatever you want to go wide receiver heavy, you can still take him late first, early second, but uh, well, it's interesting. I I totally get to get the, the Evans upside too. I wouldn't even fight back on that at all. Yeah, man, Evan, when you do projections and like you account for the fact that Chris Godwin might might, you know, miss a couple games, like miss a few games to start the year. Evan's upside is really extreme. But all right, let's go to another great receiver that changed teams. And I would argue, I think Scott and I talked about this when we talked about Jalen Wild on the second year receivers. We're going to talk. The Eagles are a really difficult offense to project. I think the, the Dolphins are an extremely difficult offense to project because Tyreek Hill goes there. Tyreek Hill, I think, in a best case scenario, he's a here's here's the best case scenario for for Tyreek Hill. He's a great player. They paid him. They're gonna target the hell out of him. But there's a I don't know Dalton. There's actually the best case scenario is a little tough to to kind of finagle here because I think there's a lot more like questions in the outlook for Tyreek Hill uh, than 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 positives. But what say you? That's hilarious. I was going to be like, man, we're getting, we, there. We have a lot of names we need to go over. I'm going to let you talk about the positives here because, frankly, I couldn't come up with many other than he's Hill and he's awesome. And we know how great he is. He's not just yeah. a deep threat. He's also underneath, as we saw last year yes. when the defense is adjusted. He's and he just got what paid one of the, if not the richest contract in, in the history of the NFL for receiver. But man, there's there's more questions here for me. Uh, he saw 28 deep targets last season. Tua attempted only 29 all of last season. So he's going to an entirely different system here. Jalen Waddle is a rookie who just demanded a 30% target share per route run with Tua recovering from serious ankle surgery. Remember last uh, summer, there was even reports that he wasn't even fully recovered. So serious target uh, competition there. And, and Tua is really injury prone. I mean, there's a real a non-zero chance Teddy Bridgewater is throwing in passes. I mean, what a downgrade from, from Patrick Mahomes. So, Love Tyreek Hill. He's still my wide receiver 11, but a little bit uh, against uh, ADP here. I have T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, and DJ Moore ranked ahead of him. Ooh, I, I love that. Um, I, I See, I still have Tyreek Hill in the Mike Evans, CeeDee Lamb, Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel tier. And then the next tier down for me is those those three guys you just mentioned. Those are the next guys in, in my, my third tier. Um, T. Higgins, DJ Moore, Michael Pittman in that order. But... I think the bigger another question here too, Dalton, is that like from a coaching staff perspective, if you just go off like the history of the 49ers offense, Mike McDaniel, like I've only got the Dolphins as like 23rd in pass attempts. So I and I'm I'm in on Tyree Kill at ADP. I'm kind of would you would you rather draft Tyree Kill at his ADP or uh, Jalen Waddle at his ADP? Because I don't think you can be in on both. Waddle. Easily Waddle. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I could see him having a, a very close target share the, the Tyreek Hill this year. I mean, Tyreek Hill's the one switching systems as well, too. Yeah, so, yes, true. we learned that. Oh, here's a, a Mike Clay new stat. Offense, the, new offense, though, like for, for, for Miami, fair. though. Great, great counter. Uh, Mike Clay stat. Of the top 30 receivers in receiving yards last season, only one started the season older than 28 years old. That was Keenan Allen. Tyreek Hill is now 28 years old. That's true. There's a lot of like aging receiver questions we we should have too. And I also think too, if you're going to be in on Tyree Kill and you're going to be in on 
uh, Jalen Waddle, even like one or the other, you have to basically assume that like everybody else here from a receiving perspective is a stone, like almost zero, even Mike Gusecki too. Like, and he's a guy. Oh, I'm way, way lower I'm on way, him. Way low. Yeah. Yes. 100%. It's weird. Yeah. He's not getting treated. Yes. He should be, I think, buried in, in the tight ends based on the, the switches in the off season. They, my, McDaniel doesn't even like lining up his, he wants his tight ends blocking. He doesn't have his yeah. tight ends in line like that too. Oh, there's a lot going against him. All right. Uh, well, so, so far we've been on like the negative end uh with with the uh with the damn uh two guys that we talked about so far again let's skip let's save aj brown for right like transitioning into the eagles conversation so let's talk about the other brown who got traded on draft night marquise brown let's say what's what's the best case scenario for marquise brown in arizona and i, I think this is the first one i'm going to trend a little positive on spoiler alert yeah, I know he's joining an Arizona team that's going to be without DeAndre Hopkins the first six weeks. Uh, Kyler Murray's always playing his best the first half of the season before the injuries. So, yeah, it should be up-tempo offense. And Marquise Brown looking at a, a lot of targets. And he's quietly been a, a target share hog in, in, a, in, a, in a Baltimore situation that never throws the ball. But he's really quietly er, earned those targets. So, yeah, the more I look at originally, uh, the more I looked at it, I'm like, man, Marquise Brown in that new situation, he, he deserves to be a top 20 fantasy wideout uh, quite clearly. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm pretty close to that range as well. You know, the difference between the two offenses can't be overstated. You know, I've got Baltimore projected for like dead last in the NFL in pass attempts. And I think that's what they'd like to be. I don't know that they'll get there, but I think that's where they, they'd like to be close there. Arizona, I've got 13th. Like I think, and he, it, Marquise Brown is definitely going to get like a 21, 22% share of those targets. Like that's pretty good. And I think the efficiency will be better even than last year for Marquise Brown. You know, people often cite like the bad deep ball connections between Marquise Brown and, and, and Lamar Jackson. But I think some of that is probably more as much as I like Lamar, ja Lamar Jackson. And I don't think he's like a bad deep ball pass or anything. I think just their fit together isn't quite the same, but like Kyler Murray throwing deep posts to Marquise Brown, that's going to be pretty exciting. I want to cut you off. A Graham Barfield tweet. You're perfect here. Just 37% of Brown's deep targets, 20 plus air yards, were catchable last year. No quarterback had a higher on target throw weight on deep balls than Kyler Murray. I mean, seems like a decent fit there. So, yeah, quite, quite an upgrade. And uh, yeah, the first half of the year, he's just getting dominating the targets. And I mean, Rondell Moore, yes, he's exciting, but he did not play even the receiver position last year, as you've noted. Dusty AJ Green competing for targets. No, I, I really like where Hollywood's looking, man. No. Yeah, yeah, he's a guy I'm definitely um I, I want to like point people to draft this year. I think he's the one I feel pretty good about. I've got him at wide receiver 22 firmly in that like fourth tier of guys. Okay, so what's the but what's the negative Kate? What's the downside for for Marquise Brown? Kyler Murray gets freaking hurt again. I will say <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's the downside. The downside he, is he, the most important part is the fantasy playoffs which is the second half of the year. Yes. And that's when that's when DeAndre Hopkins will return and Kyler Murray who knows third year in the row suffers a second half drop off. So there there's there's downside as well for sure. Yeah, I think he could be a guy that and I know every I could bet that like, you know, week seven, everybody who thinks they're the smartest person on planet Earth is like, you should trade Marquise Brown because DeAndre Hopkins is coming back and all, you know, it's like, OK, yeah, that's a pretty obvious one uh, to, to think about. But, yeah, so I think that the downside, too, is like I, I do want to see him play more of like that Christian Kirk role. I think if he's stuck on the outside and he's not like that vertical slot receiver. That I think is less exciting, but I don't know how much to weigh that. I want—I really do want to pay attention to the camp reports for where they're lining these guys up because Cliff Kingsbury famously not like a um, not, not like a flexible guy, right? Like when DeAndre Hopkins gets hurt, they just throw some goofball like Antoine Wesley into his like vacated X receiver role, and it never goes well. They don't like move their guys around, so um, we'll see.
we'll see on that one. All right, let's uh let's move on to Allen Robinson uh going to the Los Angeles Rams. I'll paint the best case scenario on this one. I think Allen Robinson is still good. I think he showed enough last year to still be excited about him as a player. I don't think he's toast. And I mean, this is the situation you mentioned. I was on the established run podcast recently. Like Evan Silva and I talked about this. I, I think he is a Allen Robinson. Like this is almost like Evan made the point. I'm stumbling my words here. Evan made the point that like Gabe Davis, even if he's not as good as people think he is, it's going to be difficult for him to fail in the role that he's likely to walk into. I think it's going to be really difficult for Allen Robinson to fail with the role he's about to walk into. Right. So I think the best case scenario is he's just walks into a wide receiver two role on an offense that throws the ball a lot around the goal line. Like Odell Beckham was a huge red zone threat for them. This offense has always been better when they have a dominant X receiver. I think Robinson based on his reception perception from last year and everything, like he's still got it. He can play that role. I, I frankly, Dalton, you might have to talk me on the downside here because I've got freaking Allen Robinson is like wide receiver, uh, or like wide receiver, 18 wide receiver, 20. I, I'm definitely green light on him this year. Okay, so the downside, I guess, it sounds like Odell Beckham may is a favorite to resign in L.A. So he he might be there the final month of the year. Another mouth to feed. Uh, a Rob also looked genuinely bad at times last year. I I know the situation was awful too, but that's all I got for you because I'm actually ranking even more aggressively than you. I have A Rob right next to Gabe Davis as my 15 and 16 fantasy wideouts because I'm just so in on both. Here's the career targets for Allen Robinson in descending order quarterbacks. Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, Justin Fields, Chase Daniel, Andy Dalton, Chad Haney. I mean, that is as bad as it gets. He goes from outdoors, you know, in a Chicago situation that has never even produced a 4,000-yard passer to indoors, Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, maybe the Rams running backs do suck and maybe Akers never fully recovers I mean it's arguably among the biggest upgrades in NFL history uh, for a receiver Uh, imagine if Cooper Cup gets hurt or naturally regresses I mean wow that's a league winner I know it's overused but I personally have Allen Robinson ranked ahead of AJ Brown I'm that high on him this year Wow, that's exciting. I definitely want to talk A.J. Brown, too. And and I think when you look at Allen Robinson, like he's also a guy that I think he's going to play that perimeter X receiver role. I think it's super important in this offense, like I mentioned. But he's a guy, too, that at times in Chicago, he played as like their big slot receiver at times to get the ball in his hands quickly um, when he was playing with Mitch Trubisky and stuff. I, that like if Cooper Cup did get hurt for whatever reason, like freaking knock on wood, all that stuff. Uh, but like he could thrive potentially in that big slot receiver role. So no surprise here. I'm in on Allen Robinson. I'm glad to hear that Dalton is even higher uh, ranked on Allen Robinson this year. Yeah, he's a guy that I will be drafting. Um, I'm pissed at, that he got taken to pick right before me in the Scott Fish Bowl too, and also too. I obviously listeners, I want you to trust Dalton. I certainly want you to trust me on like wide receiver evaluation, but we should absolutely trust the Rams on this one too. Like Dalton, <laughs> the Rams have nailed their pro evaluation, their pro scouting on wide receivers basically at every turn. People dunked on them for the Robert Woods contract back in the day. Woods was a crucial player for them for years. They nailed Brandon Cooks as like the missing piece in 2018. They went to the freaking Super Bowl with him there. People thought Beckham was washed up. They, were, they aren't in the Super Bowl last year without Odell Beckham, period. Uh, and then last point here on this, too. I mean, even when they traded for Sammy Watkins, like that was a decent – that that was filling that X receiver position for them, and they really needed that to kind of take off there. 
a little it's bit. such a good system too i mean cooper cup's great but no one was getting schemed more wide open in the nfl no, last 100%. year and against zone i mean obviously the, the slot helps but i mean what a, it's a terrific system i look at the numbers that robert woods was putting up i mean and now uh, just don't underestimate how bad of the situation al robinson has been in before to now suddenly arguably the best i mean it's it's pretty pretty drastic going down with the Allen robinson ship that's a uh, basically the tagline for my career um all right juju smith schuster we'll talk about him next with the kansas city chiefs we could talk about mvs here too whatever um i think the best case scenario for juju is that like i know this could sound like a hot take but i think here's a chance he could be like this year's cooper cup in a best case scenario think about it like a guy that goes from a massive quarterback upgrade you know jared goff with cooper cup like the husk of ben roethlisberger with juju smith schuster you know people before this year I don't think Cooper cup would have been on anybody's top 10 wide receiver list. Like when you're just ranking guys by talent, but now he's like the consensus one or two guy on any ranking because of what he did last year. A lot of that is this, the system we mentioned that, but again, you know, the individual talent was there. And I think the individual talent is there with Juju in the right role. So if they have him in like a big slot receiver role in Kansas city, you know, this is a huge quarterback upgrade going to Patrick Mahomes. And I think Juju can still play in this big slot role. So there, I'm not saying he will be, but I think that is within the range of outcomes for him. What, what say you? Yeah, Juju definitely the highest floor. He's my highest rated fantasy receiver on uh, Kansas City. Unfortunately, I do just feel like they could easily end up leading the NFL in scoring and not produce a top 20 fantasy wideout or running back. Um, to counter Juju, MVS did get paid quite a bit. Um, I kind of believe the reports that date back to last year that he's just a much improved receiver. Um, although it's not like he had a bad quarterback throwing to him in his past spot. It's a battle to watch in August for sure. The main thing I want to say about Kansas City is point everyone to a Scott Barrett tweet that he did today that's awesome. It shows the routes per team dropback. And, and you'll note that Kansas City Chiefs are among the league leaders in their wide receiver, their fourth number four wide receiver being on the field almost 40% of the time. So that's a problem for fantasy managers. I mean, yes. Juju, MBS, Sky Moore are all going to be competing with Nicole Hardman as well. It's like four, it's not three. So so that's something I would really pay attention to here with Kansas City because obviously it looks great. No Tyreek Hill, an aging Kelsey and Mahomes, but the reality might just be a total committee. And as well as the backfield too, McKinnon getting the targets, oh uh, Ronald Jones, the goal line, and CEH, the trap carry. I mean, it's, it's really a bad situation for fantasy managers. It's just extra frustrating given it's the best offense in the NFL. I know, right? Uh, Patrick Holmes, like, I think we'll still get there from a fantasy perspective, but most good coaches coach to the talent on their roster. And I think Andy Reid designed a lot of the, the offense around Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey because they are great players. I, I don't think Juju or and certainly MVS or McCole Hardman, maybe, and probably not Sky Moore, like, probably none of these guys are, like, legit number one receivers. So I agree with you. There's a chance that... All of these guys, even Hardman, you know, people like basically if you want to be in on these uh, like more than one of these guys ahead of ADP, you kind of need McCole Hardman to be straight nothing. And I don't think he's going to be straight nothing. So uh, he was there. super young prospect. That's main increment. I know he's been a bust fantasy, but there's a, absolutely a chance that McCole Hardman becomes a league at, or you, you would know better than me. But do you not agree with that assessment? I mean, wasn't he a really, really young raw prospect? Yeah. And I think even like his uh, 2020 you know, film and stuff like he he's not as bad as people want to make him out to be basically like he's just been people are just got their feelings hurt that they drafted him in the eighth round and, and he didn't work out. But I think he's I don't know that he's ever going to become a star or anything, but he's like a useful NFL player. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if McCole Hardman's better than MVS this year. Like the MVS thing is a little ridiculous to me, but uh, I think that's like contract totally fair. Video drafting and I don't know about that. All right. Amari Cooper. 
pretty easy to paint like the best and worst case scenario here, right? 100%. Yeah, Deshaun Watson is short suspension. He could be the number one on Cleveland. He could be a top 15 fantasy wideout quite easily in his prime still. Or Deshaun Watson misses a lot of the season. We got Jacoby Brissett throwing him balls. And quickly here, uh, his splits uh, indoor versus outdoor throughout his career are like three fantasy points PPR. And he plays 15 to 17 game outdoor for whatever that's worth as well, too. But um, yeah, this all comes down to Deshaun Watson's suspension, 100%. Where do you have him ranked like right now? And where would you push him? I project it as if Deshaun Watson plays zero games. Maybe he gets like, two, you know, there's the two to eight rumors. I think basically any sort of like guessing right now is just somebody has an agenda. They're trying to push you. So like, don't even listen to it. Just wait, wait till it happens basically. But yeah, I, I, I where did you kind of like rank him now? And what are you doing with that? His ECR is expert consensus rank is number 22. I have him at wide receiver 34, but the more reports coming out, it looks like Watson, maybe the max is eight. So maybe I should move him up. I'm just shocked that he made, I mean, two games, Watson, are you kidding me? It's crazy. Um, yeah. But if that's the reality, then yeah, I need to move him close to top 25-ish if we're going to get more than a half a season of Watson. But that just totally comes down to whatever the result of that, that you know, that that suspension is. Yeah, I have him at wide receiver 30 right now. Again, like assuming Watson plays zero games just because like the target volume will be there and, you know, you're weighing him against some interesting guys after that. Yeah. But yeah. I yeah. I don't think I'd push him any higher than like, like wide receiver 20 22 23 like even in a best case scenario because he is the the indoor outdoor splits are interesting and i just think he's an inconsistent player like in general so i, I don't know that he'd be like it's not as if um i don't know is who's a, who's a good example of somebody else like it's not as if he's he's a, like a legit number one receiver like i know madden had him as a top 10 receiver but like <laughs> give me a break bro that was ridiculous yeah. uh anyways uh let's let's move on to christian kirk best case scenario for christian kirk uh, Trevor Lawrence takes the step that we all assume and he's like at a I think even like an average quarterback statistically would be a huge jump for Trevor Lawrence but I think he's I think he will play more like an above average quarterback I'm I'm pretty bullish on this too the Eagles offenses under Doug Peterson were pretty pass leaning they were they played pretty fast ran a lot of plays Christian Kirk when you just project targets out for Jacksonville bro like the <laughs> Christian Kirk is the guy I think could, that could lead the team in targets. He gets a 20% target share of a pretty pass heavy offense. He walks into 120 looks from an efficient quarterback in an efficient, like layup driven role where he's going to run against a lot of zone coverage and be the vertical slot receiver there. I mean, it's pretty easy to say that Christian Kirk is one of the most underrated receivers in fantasy right now, in my opinion. Yeah, so, so the downside is we haven't seen him, you know, be a number one before a new system. And maybe Trevor Lawrence doesn't make a, a huge leap many expect. But I'm with you, and I, I think I should rank him higher. I have him right around consensus at wide receiver 44, but I could bump that up 10 spots easily. Marvin Jones, I believe, was third or fourth in end zone targets last year. And I think Kirk could, you know, take take a lot of those targets. So I, uh, the, the, the upgrade in coaching here cannot be understated. And if you give him the pass, I just have no opinion of Kirk, the player. So if you think he's uh, capable of taking on that role, then like I said, I, I can move him up a dozen spots in my ranks right now. Yeah, I have my wide receiver 35 at the top of tier six, you know, ahead, like ahead of guys like Michael Thomas, that's a weird one, but you know, ahead of Michael Thomas, Brandon, Ayuk, Russell Gage, uh, Devonte Smith. I, I really want to be ahead of consensus on Christian Kirk. Cause yeah, I mean, he, we've never seen him as a number one receiver, but the role that I think he likely plays like Marvin Jones is going to be the guy that's lining up on the outside, running against press coverage, top corners, stuff like that. It's hard to dictate 
defensive attention to like a slot receiver as Christian Kirk will most likely play, even though it is a little weird. because like everybody on the Jags probably profiles better as a slot receiver, even <laughs> Evan Ingram, uh, who's an interesting guy to think about. Like Zay Jones probably should be a slot receiver, but I think they'll run him on the outside. LaVisca Chenault has to play in the slot, but who cares? I mean, who cares about LaVisca Chenault? Like I think Christian Kirk as a pure receiver, a zone beater in the middle of the field. Like I think, he can handle that role. I think he can handle that role. I think Trevor Lawrence will be good enough. So, yeah, I'm, I'm more on the positive side uh, with Christian Kirk. How about Robert Woods? What's what's the best case scenario for Robert Woods in Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, put up. it sounds all the positive reports on his knee. It sounds like he's going to be ready. It's about the opposite of rookie Traylon Burks, who's just, you know, dealing with asthma and just a bunch of negativity. And it sounds more like he's a type of prospect that may take a little bit of uh, to acclimate himself uh, in the NFL. So Woods to me looks like the clear number one right away with Tennessee. I mean, Austin Hooper might be second in line for yeah. targets there. And uh, what if Derrick Henry, uh, you know, doesn't bounce all the way back? That team's now projected to be more of a 500 team, unlike the number one seed they were last year. So a lot of targets from a, a, a totally capable Ryan Tannehill and the n- number one. I mean, yeah, I'm actually, Robert Woods is typically a guy like coming off an injury, veteran, not a guy I'd be interested in, but the situation he's landed himself, you know, leaving Sean McVay, but where he's landed in Tennessee, he might be looking at quite a target share immediately. So, and and again, the positive reports on his knee, he, he suffered the injury a little bit earlier than the guys like Godwin, I believe. So, um, yeah, assuming that's true in late August, he's looks like a full go. I'm in on Robert Woods. Yeah, I think the situation is really good for him. Uh, you know, running a lot of routes against play at, like on play action plays, I think they'll scheme him up pretty good as you need to do with Robert Woods. I don't think he played all that well last year before getting hurt. That's a little concerning, um, but staying on the positive side of this too, I have him at wide receiver 41 uh, and I've got Traylon Burks at wide receiver 49 right now. And I, I could see Traylon Burks going up or frankly down based on the way training camp goes. I know that the, like the, the fun thing to say, uh, you know, on, on Twitter or whatever is like, Oh, Traylon Burks's asthma is Jamar chases drops from last year. Okay. Well, number one, Traylon Burks definitely doesn't just have asthma. He's obviously out of shape. That's like if you read the reports. And Mike Vrabel is obviously pissed about it. Uh, right, so that's right. number one. And number two, like Jamar Chase might have been out there dropping balls in practice, but he was running routes in practice. He was out there actually participating, which matters a whole lot more than if he's dropping the ball or not. Traylon Burks isn't even practicing. And like you mentioned, he's a guy that needs that development. And so every negative report on Traylon Burks should have you boosting Robert Woods up, even if I'm not super in on Robert Woods, like the idea that where he's at this career, the ACL, whatever. I don't know. I think if Traylon Burks goes out in training camp, has a nice training camp and he participates the whole way, start all the mini camp stuff out in the trash. doesn't matter. But if it continues to be a problem, it's good news for Robert Woods. Yeah. I have Woods ranked similarly to, to Christian Kirk. I could see moving up the younger guy, not coming off the torn, uh, knee, but and then the downside for Woods would be the the final month of the season he could be catching passes from Malik Willis and and yeah. Burks the rookie getting more run you know coming into yes. his own there so maybe not maybe toast. a better first step player yeah or, he's uh, or Woods too. is Woods is toast and the Titans yeah. suck and like he scores three touchdowns this year or something yeah. like that but That's I think well them sucking may help is what I'm saying I think they might be yeah. throwing way more than they want but yeah no I hear you. they're definitely risk with with, with with Bobby Trees at this stage but um I don't know I I, I assumed I'd be totally out and then just the situation he landed in definitely. Could 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 be could turn out well. Yeah, this is just a side note. The Titans feel super volatile to me. Yeah, um, you know, Derrick Henry coming up on you know, a lot of career carries. That whole stuff coming off an injury, whatever. Ryan Tannehill, like he was 
so not productive at all with these like goofball receivers they were running out when both AJ Brown and Julio Jones were hurt. Robert Woods coming off the ACL, Traylon Burks needs a lot of development. Like, are we going to look at 140 targets for Austin Hooper and like Nick Westbrook, Akina, and these guys? Like, I don't know. Kyle Phillips, rookie slot receiver to keep your eye on. So the Titans just feel very volatile to me in general. All right, let's do just quick grab bag. Other guys who changed teams. We talked about MBS a little bit, like DJ Chark, Devontae Parker. Any of these guys pique your interest or no? Um, not really. Uh, Shark, I could see why, but just competing with Swift and St. Brown. So that's, uh, that's a tougher one. But none of these actually, no, I don't have a hot takes on any of them. Do you? Uh, I do want to monitor training camp practice usage for Parker and the rest of the Patriots receivers. Right now, I'm more in on Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne because I kind of think the, the Patriots are going to be more pass heavy. They're going to be more progressive from an offensive standpoint than they were last year. And like I talked about Josh McDaniels running the ball with, you know, Cam Newton and then Mac Jones rookie year. So I kind of want to draft Patriots receivers, especially because they're so going so, so late in drafts. But Parker might be the guy that never leaves the field because he's the only X receiver on this, um, on this offense. And I, but I just don't think, I don't think that much of Devonte Parker and um, I'm, but I'm right now more interested in those other players, but I could change that opinion based on practice usage. Yeah. Kendrick Bourne had some sneaky good yards per route run stats last year. And Hunter Henry's not going to catch something like what that 40% of Mac Jones's touchdowns like he did last year. And Mac Jones could really make a leap year two. You know, it sounds like he's um, in shape and yeah, there, that could be an underrated whoever, if someone emerges in that passing tech, absolutely. They could be a valuable fantasy wise. All right, well, let's transition to the Eagles and let's let's talk uh, A.J. Brown here. Do the same exercise we just did before we talk about the Eagles as a whole. Best case scenario for A.J. Brown, worst case scenario for A.J. Brown, go. Love A.J. Brown, the players. I'm sure you do as well. A lot of mockery recently when the NFL came out with their top 10 receivers and he was not included. Um, I believe that was NFL.com, but great real-life player. He's it was ES, awesome. ESPN's, it was uh, ESPN's like poll okay. of Sorry. insider or league executives and stuff like that and I don't know why Madden hates AJ Brown, but this is the second year in the row they've like, well, I, I did, I did hear this is, um, I saw somebody say this, uh, one of their guys replied to like one of my tweets about it, that they really weigh heavily drops and AJ Brown has dropped the ball a decent mid. I, I don't, I don't know. That, Doesn't reception perception. He's like top three in beating man coverage, right? Yeah. He was number, he was number two, number two, yeah. uh, number two and number three and against man and press coverage last year. So, yeah, I mean, he's, that's I think he's yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah. good. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. The Madden thing is with AJ Brown is very strange, but yeah, he was all, he was outside their top 10 and ESPN's poll top 10 thing. So fantasy wise, on the other hand, is a different story. Uh, just the way he plays, I feel like it's a safe bet to, to chalk him up for missing two to three games per year. Uh, he's joining an Eagles team that the first seven games last year had 35 pass attempts. The final eight games, they had 23.7 pass attempts. When the, and that is the coaching. That is the plan entering this year. I mean, that is eight games of passing the ball just 23 times per game. And he's competing far more car target competition than in Tennessee. Devonta Smith is the real deal. Dallas Goddard is the only tight end to be top three in yards per route run against man and zone last year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I have a stable of running backs. So I love AJ Brown, the real life player uh, in fantasy. I'm down on him compared to the market. Like I said, I even have uh, Allen Robinson one spot ahead of him. And that's, that's uh, seemingly crazy. You'll never see that happen in drafts. People love AJ Brown and I get it, but man, the target competition, the, the situation he's in now and the likelihood of him just missing a few games to me is just a little bit outside the top 15. Yeah, I have that wide receiver 13 and my tier, but my, my, in my third tier of receivers, it's like a huge group. It, it goes all the way from T Higgins at 10 
to Deontay Johnson at number 17. And I could see AJ Brown filing anywhere in there. I think in an optimistic scenario, like I have got the Eagles at 21 in pass attempts, like 21st in pass attempts. And that is still a huge jump from where they were at last year. So I think that could be too bullish. I got, but that would be a big improvement on where they finished last year. I do think they will be a little, little more pass heavy. I think they will be a little more flexible in a best case scenario too. Jalen hurts takes another step as a passer. I think you're banking on efficiency over volume with AJ Brown, which by the way, has been the story of AJ Brown's career, but you kind of need him to average like 15 plus yards a catch, have a 7% touchdown rate, like have a high catch rate, 63%, something like that for him to beat his ADP. God, I really don't want to say I'm like full. I'm a, I'm fading AJ Brown. Cause that freaks me out. Cause he's so good. And I do think this Eagles offense could be explosive, but you know, we talked about with the Raiders, like I could see a scenario where, this passing offense is AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, Dallas Goddard, and nobody else, you know, whether it's Zach Pascal or Quez Watkins really makes much of an impact. I'm totally with the AJ Browns in a big tier for me right there. Cause yes, I could see him being, yeah. I mean, if, if he does stay healthy and he's so, so good, I mean, there's a wide range. I mean, he has a lot of upside acknowledged for sure. Yeah. So with Devonte Smith, he's, a, he's a, where are you? Would you rather draft AJ Brown at his ADP or Devontae Smith at his ADP? Or are you full out on both? No, I take Devontae Smith where he's fallen, but I'm all over Jalen Hurts, man. It's, uh, yeah. I just, I've really, so I said I was going to Vegas uh, next week and I'm going to be interested in looking at some futures with this Eagles team. I definitely think they're going to win that division. Uh, it's Pro Football Focus's number one offensive line. They added so many pieces to their secondary. I am a Jalen Hurts believer in real life. I do think the second half of both the last two years, his passing stats suffered with him playing through injuries. Now, maybe that's just the thing. It's going to continue to happen with a player who runs the ball so much, and he's going to always suffer an injury, and it's going to hurt his performance. But I am uh, I think he's a little bit underrated as a passer. And fantasy-wise, he's my number two QB behind Josh Allen. He was wow. the number one fantasy QB over the first 11 weeks last year before that ankle injury. He's number one in fantasy points per drop back. And they just added A.J. Brown, um, the highest rate of top 12 fantasy finishes per start. Jalen Hurst is number one, 74% ahead of Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes. List of players in NFL history with 4,000 passing yards and 1,000 rushing yards in their first 20 career starts. It's Jalen Hurts, and that is it. So I'm in on him. Yeah, so I'm in on the Eagles. Uh, I think uh, Hurts is, is the guy who's not getting drafted that high either. So you can, you can get him later in the middle round. So, yeah, I'm in on the, on the Eagles. As, as down as I am on A.J. Brown fantasy-wise, I'm definitely in on the Eagles as a team. Yeah, Hertz has quarterback one overall in his range of outcomes for sure. You know, Josh Allen was, a, and I don't think Jalen Hurts is about to become the next Josh Allen, but, you know, Josh Allen was a guy that people kind of had written off as a prospect, as a player, based on the way he played in his first season and his, even his second season. And then they trade for one of the best receivers in football and Stefan Diggs. And now suddenly we all love Josh Allen. And then a lot of that is Josh Allen improved as a player, no doubt about it, but Josh Allen was, I say this all the time, Josh Allen was thrown to like Kelvin Benjamin and Zay Jones in his first couple of years. And then you take those targets and you give them to, you know, John Brown, Cole Beasley, and then Stefan Diggs, that makes a pretty big difference. You're about to take all of J Jalen Hurts' past attempts to Jalen frickin' Rager, who's on the <laughs> other end of the spectrum in terms of separation when it comes to, then to A.J. Brown. That's going to make a pretty big difference for, for Jalen Hurts. So, Definitely think he has quarterback one in his range of outcomes. I kind of want to push him in. I, you have him ranked so much more aggressively than me, and you're you're making me want to 
push him up there. I mean, just uh, such an awesome offensive line. I think he's going to dominate at the goal line. I mean, you know how many Eagles rush attempts inside the 10 last year? He had 22 of them compared to Miles Sanders had 10. Um, so, I, man, I just, I, I don't know. I, I really, really arrow up for me. I, I'm, I'm loving Hurts. Uh, uh, and and Hurts uh, is a guy who's gotten better each of the last four years dating back to college. So he, he he's a player who has already shown a lot of growth if he takes another step. I don't know. He could be he could be the Eagles starting quarterback of the future. And I feel like people have already kind of written him off. DeFonta Smith is good. Quez Watkins is a I'll give you a deep sleeper on, on Philly is Quez Watkins. There's some nice buzz rapport with him and Hurts too. If you had a last pick go. of your best in your best ball league. But I think they have sneaky good good options to throw to with Smith, AJ Brown, and Goddard. I mean, it's it's I mean, again, number one offensive line situations there. The fact he runs. Um, yeah, what's not to like in fantasy? Where do you have Dallas Goddard ranked in terms of tight ends? So because of the other, I don't love, I have him number eight because I love Zach Ertz. Yeah. There's a big six and then Zach Ertz gets so many targets there, but I could see the upside. It's just, again, we've talked about it. The team's not going to pass it a ton and there's AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. I love the weapons more for Hertz than I do individually. Yeah. I really like Dallas Goddard a lot. I agree with you though. I feel like the guy that really stands out here in Philly is Jalen Hurts. Like if you like all these passing uh, attack guys, you should be really in on Jalen Hurts. It is kind of tough to get too, too bullish on either any of these three guys. What about the running backs? I don't know. Miles Sanders told us himself not to draft him in fantasy. I probably want to listen to him. Yeah. His target percentage has dropped. (laughs) Um, I said this carries inside the 10. He had 10 last year. Boston Scott and Jordan Howard had 30. I guess um, Jordan Howard's gone now. And Miles Sanders is, could be a good player, but um, yeah, I'm pretty much out on him. They're just not going to get see enough targets, or, or you know, it's all trap carries for him. It seems like so not not the high value touches, and that's the problem fantasy wise. Yeah, and it's just a. I, I like the Eagles' rushing offense. I like the offense overall. I can't really find a reason to. As much as I think, yeah, they're going to be a good rushing offense. Can't really find a reason to draft Miles Sanders because he's going to be in a committee, and it's just not the offense they run. I mean, Boston Scott and like Kenny Gainwell, they definitely moved Gainwell. the needle. Yeah. But do I want to take it? Do you want to take any of them in the, in the late rounds? Because even if like Not Miles really Sanders either. gets hurt, I don't think that Gainwell is going to suddenly become like an RB, you know, our starting running back fantasy or anything. Yeah. And a Hertz is going to be a monster at the goal line, kicking in the rushes himself. So, yes, agreed. Yeah. No, that's the, situ- the running back situation in Philly. I'm staying away from even the pass catchers. I don't love all the Goddard is great if he comes at value. I mean, at ADP. Um, but I do see people really bullish on him. As like I said, I mean, he's a real good real life player. Only tight end in the NFL top three in yards per out run in zone and against man. Um, but I love Hertz. He's my favorite guy among among in all of fantasy this year is, is Hertz. Yeah. Totally. All right. That's going to do it for us. Dalton, tell the people what you've got uh, going on this week and going forward. Oh, follow me on Twitter at Dalton Del Don. And I'm actually going to be on vacation here. So I'm actually getting an NBA and NHL set up for Yahoo to launch soon enough behind the scenes. So look out for that. But um, yeah, in Vegas, doing some futures bets, betting on some Eagles, uh, signing up for Survivor, which uh, the the sweat oh. will be real again. Uh, the entry, the $6 million prize there. So looking forward to that. And uh, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll talk football once I get back. We can go over all the all over the bad bets and all the money I lost while, while there. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to talk about that. And I, I can't wait to tilt your survivor uh, pool again with you this year. I hope you make it as long as you did last year. Although I think by the end of it, you were like, just get this over with. I, I, I'm not even a real person anymore. Such a glutton for punishment. Why am I doing this to myself? I'll never <laughs> in a million years make it that far again, too. But what, it is what it is. I'm degenerate. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, you got to do it. it. It is what it is, like you said. All right. Well, yeah, follow Dalton Del Don on Twitter at Dalton Del Don. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And while you're there, make sure you're following at Yahoo Fantasy. Liz Loza and Frank Schwab will be back early next week to preview the Denver Broncos. Another very difficult team to project. So can't wait to hear what they have to say. Until then, we're out. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.